I breastfed both of my kids and I decided to because of the um, you know long-term benefits and brain development and um, their immune building up immune system we had a easy experience, um, was able to bond with both of them. It was calming, it was painful. I have three children and each one was very different. The first one, um, he weighed 10 pounds and he was always hungry. And so at about uh, a month, I needed to start supplementing with um, formula. The second one, he was a breeze uh, and I, I breastfed for about a year. And then the third one uh, had special needs and um, had some muscle tone issues and um, it was much more challenging. Hello and thank you for tuning in to N equals one. We bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. I'm Michelle Brubaker. And I'm Melanie Peters. You just heard some thoughts, some very honest thoughts, about breastfeeding from some of my mommy friends. And in this episode, you will also hear from Lars Bodie who we like to refer to as the milkman. He's a researcher who has dedicated his entire career to studying the health benefits of human milk and how its components could actually treat chronic diseases like inflammatory bowel disease. So what I find so interesting about Lars is he went from being a college athlete to studying breast milk. So how does that happen? He was a dedicated athlete who focused so much on special diets that he got teased constantly by his big brother, <laughs> as big brothers, you know, are good at doing. That's what they're here for. Yes, <laughs> but, uh, but the jokes actually led to Lars changing his entire career path, and he went from sports to nutrition, and specifically he became a leader in breast milk research. I'll let him tell more. So originally I got interested in nutrition coming from a sports perspective and an athlete perspective, trying to enhance nutrition for optimal performance. And I did one internship at the Max Planck Institute in Bad Nauheim in Germany as well. But then I did a second follow-on uh, uh, internship at the formula company. And there I was working on, on glycolipids. So that's uh, components in human milk that are part fat, part sugar. And at that point, we were more interested in the fat part, and we cleaved off the sugar part, and we just threw that away and said, let's look at the fat. But really, the group next door was working on these components called human milk oligosaccharides. And you know, we often talked during lunch breaks, and they told me how many are there in human milk and how abundant they are, and uh, all those magical things that could do. And no one really understood at that time how they're synthesized in the mammary gland, in the lactating woman. And that really got me excited. Follow your passion. Don't follow where you think the money is or where you think your parents want you to go or whatever it is. Follow your passion, that's the biggest driver and everything else will come automatically. What truly makes breast milk the best nutrition for babies? It's phenomenal, it's really great to see how many components are there in human milk. There is bacteria in human milk. We always thought that human milk is sterile, but now we're talking about the milk microbiome. There's bacteria in there that potentially are beneficial for, for the infant, maybe for the mother there is stem cells in human milk. So is it possible that we can give stem cells that go in and then do something to the infant uh, uh, that way? Uh, there is a lot of immune cells that come with human milk, so that protect you specifically, and mom kind of senses what is in the environment and what uh, immune cells and what antibodies need to be delivered to an infant at a given time. There's about 150, maybe 200, maybe 300 different compounds that we call and we group together as human milk oligosaccharides. And they're all complex sugars and they're all structurally slightly different from each other. But really striking there is that 
every mom has an individual fingerprint of what oligosaccharides are in her milk and at what concentration. But you can imagine that many different components and that different uh, compounds, they all could have different functional properties and potentially benefit the infant on all different kinds of levels. So I know some moms really want to breastfeed but can't for many reasons. In fact, I watched my own mother struggle with this after she gave birth to my brother and sister, twins. And some of my mom's friends at the time chose not to breastfeed for personal reasons, and they went with formula. That's an excellent point, Melanie, because moms who can't or decide not to breastfeed should not be made to feel guilty about it. I mean, I used formula to supplement with both my boys. How close has science come today to replicating formula to breast milk and is this even possible? First of all, uh, milk is a tissue, so it's a live tissue. There's live cells in there, there is live uh, uh, bacteria in there. And to mimic that, and especially to make it personalized to every child and every mother, is going to be uh, very challenging, to say the least. Uh, at the same time, this, uh, the, the process itself of breastfeeding, you will not be able to mimic that uh, with a powder or, or a liquid. Uh, that is the bonding and the, the interactions, and there is hormonal uh, uh, connections there that you cannot mimic by providing an artificial feed. We should not stigmatize people for not being able to or not being willing to breastfeed. I think that should be everyone's uh, decision. I was 100% formula fed. That was just the, the way it was done in the old days. And I think it turned out uh, fairly okay. I was formula fed too, and I'd like to think I turned out yep. okay. I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're doing okay. Clearly, the power of breast milk goes beyond baby nutrition. I think what a lot of people focus on is what's the benefit for my infant, right? Uh, at the same time, forgetting that there's also benefits for the mother. For example, we know that the cancer risk is reduced if women uh, breastfeed. You recently received funding to study how the compounds in human milk could even treat chronic illnesses in adults like IBD. It's very important to see if we can take components from human milk and develop them in natural therapeutics. And there the idea is, well, if oligosaccharides work in necrotizing enterocolitis, which is an acute uh, inflammatory disease in the neonate, is it possible that these things also work in inflammatory diseases in adults? Here we're talking about taking components and feeding it to adults with a certain disease and see if that makes them better. And uh, I always compare that when it comes to drug development, that a lot of people screen all kinds of compounds out there, chemical libraries and compounds that they find at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. And then you're surprised that you get uh, adverse effects uh, from those kind of compounds that the body is not used to see. Uh, but really, uh, mom has developed a whole arsenal of bioactive components and that had been proven safe for the infant even. Uh, so why not learn from that? Why not learn from Mother Nature and see what uh, has been developed, what has been tested to work and be safe? Are you getting donated milk to study? Are you creating what those components are in a petri dish? There's two approaches to that, uh, at least two. One is to take donated human milk, extract the components out of it, so you look at all oligosaccharides pooled together. You see, oh, we see an effect in tissue culture, we see an effect in preclinical models and then go in and say, okay, these are 200 different compounds, now how do we dissect which one is the effective component? Uh, the other way is that you can actually synthesize some of these components now, and there's companies out there that specialize on that, and they make individual oligosaccharides available at a scale that you can now test that. There are a lot of efforts going on here at UC San Diego with research regarding human milk components. Mm -hmm. 
I think we're really at the point where we identified that we have a huge critical mass at UCSD to study human milk and lactation. And uh, it's just a question of bringing those groups together, formalize those infrastructures, uh, and really create an environment where we are known to be a research center, a city that is very strong in human milk and lactation research. And so we started a new uh, center here at UCSD a few uh, months ago. It's called the Mommy Corps, very fitting. So it's the Mother Milk Infant Center of Research Excellence. And what we're really trying to do is establish an infrastructure that brings together investigators that work around human milk and lactation. The, the other thing is we have just started a human uh, milk biorepository where we ask women to donate uh, milk samples that we then store. We ask them uh, in a lengthy questionnaire, all kinds of things. And then we really build a research platform where we can go in and ask research questions. How does milk composition uh, affect the infant? And how do maternal factors influence milk composition and the infant? Then it's uh, areas where no one has been before, where you can study something and really make a contribution to, to science and understanding what's going on. Thank you to Lars, Melanie, and all of you for listening to this episode of N equals 1. Until next time. <laughs>